Wow, let's, um, let's open God's Word because I, I believe with all my heart that God's Word speaks to every situation we face. And wherever you are this morning as you come to this place, maybe it's a place of joy and, uh, and wonder. Um, God meets you in that place. Maybe it's a place of, of brokenness and pain. God loves you in that place. But over 3,000 years ago, he spoke words through his servant Moses that are as real today as they were the very first day that he spoke them. And I want to invite you to hear God's word together today. First, we're going to look at the psalmist's reflection on those words from Psalm 78. From Psalm 78, you can find um, Psalm 78 in your pew Bible on page 488. Psalm 78 um, was the psalmist's reflection so many years later on God's words to Moses. Follow along with me, would you, as I read. I'm actually going to pick it up um, at verse 1, but then listen, especially as we get to verse 5. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching, Asaph said. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known, look at this, that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. Now, whenever you see the word Jacob or Israel, or 15 other names, um, many of them pet names that God had. They're all names for his people. They're all names for his people. And we are his people. Amen? Okay? So he has established a testimony in us. Did you hear that? He has established a testimony in us and appointed a law for us which he commanded our fathers to teach their children that the next generation might know them. These commandments, right? A children yet unborn. And, and arise and tell them, look at this, to their children. We're talking about grandchildren, right? So that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commands. And that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God, the very word of God. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm going to invite you to keep your finger in the word of God, if you would. But I want to... Um, give you a little bit of a context. If you're just joining us today for the first time, we have been studying together the um, the greatest commandment. Uh, I, I'm sorry to keep repeating myself week after week, but if you're visiting with us today, there was a time when, when someone said to Jesus, help me understand, I cannot wrap my brain around all 613 of these commandments. Um, I have trouble um, even... Anchoring myself in the Ten Commandments, God, help me understand, what is the greatest commandment? What's 
first and foremost. And, and Jesus quoted a passage from the passage for today, Deuteronomy chapter 6, right after the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 5, when, when um, God commanded his people, hear my people, um, hear, O Israel, uh, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind in the New Testament now and all your strength. And Jesus, when he was quoting that commandment, everyone was nodding their heads. They understood, yes, that's the greatest commandment, to love God with all that we are. And then we saw Jesus did that beautiful, um, that beautiful transition and said, but the second is like unto it as well. And he quoted Leviticus 19, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. These last three weeks we've been trying to unpack it. How do we love ourselves? How do we love our neighbor? How do we love God in such a way uh, that, that um, the glory and, and attention would be directed to him and not to us? Um, last week we looked especially, how do we do that in our workplace? And we realized together that, that you spend a bulk of your awaking hours at your workplace. That's, that's one of the primary mission fields where God calls you to love other people. But, but what's, what's even more important than that? Um, well, it's what our world has recognized now as the greatest threat to it, and that is um, your family. There's been just an all-out assault on family in our culture and in the larger culture of the world as well. This, This gift of God, this primary place to express love for God and love for one another has been under attack in our culture. And so, so, um, people are apologizing for, for, um, for traditional families. People are apologizing for for loving and uniting their family around the Word of God. So today we want to just say, what does that look like um, in 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 discipleship for us to love our families as ourselves? And again, we're not we're not at a loss because God gives us His Word. Um, open your Bibles, if you would, to Deuteronomy chapter six. I'm going to be dancing back and forth between your notes. And, uh, and the actual scripture, so just kind of keep that open. If, um, if you don't have a Bible with you, uh, you might find a Maroon Pew Bible and find Deuteronomy chapter 6 on page 151. Let me um, take it aside for a second, and, and I, I, I hope I don't bore you, but I get so excited when I see the intricacies of God's Word and, and, and look for a moment at the beauty of his word. If you were to read the entire chapter uh, of, of Deuteronomy chapter 6, you would start to see some themes developing. Um, and, and you would see, for example, in Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 3, you would see this challenge to keep God's commands. You see this challenge to do that, right? And then if you were to look in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, our passage for today, you would, you would hear God say, teach them to your children. Keep his commands, but teach them to your children. And then if you were to look down, skip a line, if you were to look down for a second at, at 6, 
16 through 19, you would, you would see again, as so often happens in Hebrew scripture, a poetic repetition of the same idea. You would see again that God says, keep his commands. And then if you were to look um, uh, at 620 through 26, you would see again Hebrew poetry, this, this reflected idea, again, of teach them to your children. There's more insight in how to do that in the very last verses of this. So whenever you see that in Scripture, and we saw a classic example of it in our study of the prodigal God in Luke chapter 15, it's like Scripture is, is pointing you towards something. When it, it's bookending this main idea uh, with, with these parallel Scriptures, keep His commands and teach them to your children. And then there's a big idea. And then he says, keep his commands and teach them to your children. What is the big idea? Let me put it differently. God says, why are you forgetting me? Why? Why are you forgetting me? And he doesn't mean you don't ever think about God. He doesn't mean memory. He means I've given, I've given you a path of life and and you've chosen a different path. Um, you say that you love me, right? With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But you live like I don't exist. You've, you, you don't put my commands into practice. Uh, in, in, this, in this big architecture of Deuteronomy chapter 6, he's pointing toward the central idea, do not forget God. Do not forget God. And all the other stuff is how you can make that a reality. How you can live in such a way that God is not forgotten in your heart, in your children's heart. But and it is so much fun to see in this passage over and over again, even in your grandchildren's heart. Now, let's be honest. How many of you grandparents have thought the part, I did my job, right? I'm done. I raised my kids. Now, it's their job, Right? How'd that work for you? <laughs> How'd that work for you, right? We know that there's never a time when God says to a parent, you're done, right? You're still parenting. In fact, one of the heartbreaks of our culture is that people stop parenting. They stop. We say, well, my kid's 18, right? Um, yeah, but they're not, they need you their entire life, right? And one of the heartbreaks of our culture is that our grandparents, the people with the most wisdom, yeah, some of it's wisdom by the seat of the pants, right? Some of it's wisdom born out of pain and sorrow. But the people with the most wisdom won't engage. Won't engage and, and disciple the generations that are to come. So I wanted you to see that. God is saying to you, don't forget me. And here is my greatest gift and how not to do that. Parents... And grandparents, parents, and grandparents. So, so let me read our passage for today, and then we'll try and unpack it. I didn't turn there myself. I got to do that. Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through nine. First part's going to sound very familiar to you. It's the great commandment: Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently 
to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The very word of God. Thank you, God. Thank you that you knew exactly what we needed 3,000 years ago and what we would need today as we leave this place. So, so again, I ask God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts uh, be open books to you, God, that you write and inscribe on our hearts your word. We love you and ask this in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm chuckling to myself, if you'll excuse me just for a second, because um, words come out that are just coming from different places today, and so I may say something really stupid, and I trust that you'll forgive me if I do. Um, I'm on drugs this morning. I had a wisdom teeth surgery, and um, I look like a chubby bunny over here. And, um, but I, a couple of different times, I said something, and I go, wait, that wasn't what was there. That just came out there. And... Um, so I, pray, I plead mercy today. I'll try and stick with my notes to protect myself. What is God saying? What is he saying? What are we to do here, right? Teach. Teach. Teach God's commands to our children. Again, this doesn't diminish the call to be a light in your workplace. This doesn't diminish the call to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, mind, and strength. This doesn't diminish the call to impact your neighborhood, whatever that might be for God. But, but it starts here in our home. Deuteronomy 6 is concerned with our obedience to God, yes, but it's also concerned with our family's obedience to God. And throughout this huge passage, in our Sunday school class, we we read the entire chapter uh, 6 here. Throughout this entire chapter 6, it's it's all about keeping God's commands. It constantly references our children in obedience. Let me give you an example. In verse 2, he says, That you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son. Right? You and your children and your grandchildren, your sphere of influence uh, goes all the way down to that third generation. You shall teach them again, he says in, in uh, verse 7, diligently to your children. In verse 20 through 25, another extended passage about teaching your children. He says, when your son asks you in time, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that our Lord has commanded us? You shall say to your son, you shall teach your son. So this, this primary gift of God is this dynamic between a parent or a grandparent and their children or grandchildren. The bottom line on this is that God cares very much about how we raise our children. Okay? It's popular for a while in our culture to say the best thing that you can do for your child is to let them grow up independent. Right? Let them grow up and make choices for themselves. Right? Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking about a few of my choices, right? Oof. I'm not going to let the drugs tell, me the, tell you those stories because I would never live them down. But, but I didn't have the wisdom to know. 
Um, my problem was not that my parents didn't want to pass information on to me. My problem was that my dad was often remote and wasn't there for 